My name is Ty Wilson. I've been a musician for the better part of 20 years. Over that time, I have written, covered, and performed in almost every genre, from heavy metal to alt-rock to country music. I've met some amazing people along the way, and today, we're going to talk to one of them. This is Ty Wilson Talks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ty Wilson Talks. Today, we have Shannon Roselle on, who is a local singer-songwriter uh, from the Kawartha Lakes, Lindsay area. We had a pretty cool conversation about living elsewhere and how important that is to an artist to give perspective. We had an interesting conversation about um, writing and influences. And it ended up being a pretty uh, cool little podcast. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the conversation. So without further ado, here is Shannon Roselle. It's um, it's interesting. Like I did the whole uh, like only artist musician yeah. thing for a while. And um, I don't know, like I know for a lot of people, it's like they're, that's their like dream is like yeah. well my dream to only make my money through music but to do that there's like a lot of concessions you have to make mm -hmm. and um like i didn't want to be a musician who was gigging playing like three hour cover sets like yeah. four nights a week you know for me yeah it's um people are different though yeah no definitely it's I find, or I found, uh, like in my earlier 20s, um, I definitely had that gig as like, you know, full-time musician and tried to make that work. And I was like struggling and broke and, yeah, you know, ha having a hard time keeping ends meet. I, you know, I felt cool, quote unquote, because, sure. you know, I was like full-time a professional musician. But at the sure, same time, yeah. I was like, man, I'm, I'm like struggling here this sucks and then as soon as i shifted focus and like kind of got a, a big boy job and reserved my myself to playing in the evenings and uh and i i, I do a lot of the cover stuff myself just to make some extra cash and because I, I love it but um i could sprinkle in my own music here and there in those sets and everything just kind of started to take off after that so i ended up getting more work focusing on you know other things and i did just trying to make it on my own so it was yeah, i think it's... that's yeah 100 percent. and it, it for me i like to make money to then spend on my art not yeah. like gripping like oh my god can i pay rent like when i was doing full-time art like i didn't even live in a real house i lived in a solarium in vancouver <laughs> like it wasn't even like a room it was like this like sun room it was terrible luckily they don't have real winters or like i couldn't have done yeah. that in ontario you know but like remember going into their their food like their safeway or whatever their like chained mm. grocery stores with like a five dollar bill and being like here this is I mean, all you yeah, got. I guess it's noodles tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, so what were you doing in Vancouver? What brought you out there? Are you um, from that area or are you from I'm not. Ontario? I'm not from there at all. So I'm from I'm from out here. Um, I was born and raised in Oakville. And then all of our summers, we were always in the Kawartha Lakes. So my great, great, grand, I guess, great grandfather. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Some sort of great, great built our cottage. So I am fourth generation on Fenlin, in Fenlin on Cameron Lake. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I went out, I first went to the Yukon <laughs> and I lived out in the Yukon for nine months. And that's after dropping out of um, a PhD program, actually, at oh, York wow. University. Yeah. That was pretty horrible. And I never played music like I did now I probably knew like I knew like four chords I couldn't play an F chord you know right. I moved out to to uh, to the Yukon um, with a guy I met I could teach there because I right. was a certified teacher before I did that kind of schooling mm -hmm. 
and um that and then he was from vancouver so the right. the plan was always like we'll live here for nine months and then we'll move down to vancouver so i i moved there sort of to be with him we split up after two weeks <laughs> my in, life in the yukon or in vancouver in vancouver in vancouver yeah. okay yeah. yeah so i literally like knew like no one Nobody. i knew one person that i'd met from like a group dinner with him and this guy didn't like him, so that was good because I could right. like him as my friend sort of yeah. thing. And he let me stay in his um, apartment because he wasn't living there. He was out in, in Alberta with his family. So I was able to live there and he was oh, so amazing. gracious letting me live there. And I basically, uh, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have a job. And so I started, but my friend had asked me to play at his wedding. Um, so he asked me to sing, um, uh, Bob Dylan's make make me feel your love and um, so I just I had my guitar out there again remember can't play it um, right. and I just started playing in this basement apartment by myself like five hours a day mm -hmm. just getting ready for this wedding um, and then I started to think like you know if somebody gave you like a toonie to like listen to you practice, that would be like a toonie more than you have. Right. So maybe you should like start busking or something. So I went and I auditioned for the Granville Island buskers. Have you been to um, Vancouver yet, Ty? I have, yes. So I actually lived in Victoria for uh, two okay. years. So okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So Granville, yeah, Granville's amazing. Yeah, so Granville Island, they have their busking program and you do have to audition for it. And as I say, I really couldn't play guitar at all. The guy before me um, was a Berkeley Music School graduate and I watched him not get in. Like I watched him like- <laughs> Flop and not. <laughs> he played great, but right, they- but they, just they, didn't, they didn't take yeah, it. No, and I was like, okay. But great. apparently, you know, I could sing and I was entertaining. <laughs> so that was more important than, you know, being this you know, this amazing guitar player. So basically right. I learned to play guitar busking on Granville Island mm -hmm. and going to all these open mic nights like every night. And the fear of public humiliation is a really great motivator for improvement. Yes. And so I got a lot better that way. But before that, I was never a musician. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I've been singing since I was four, the traditional right. thing, you know, at school yeah. and all that, but I was never, that wasn't what I studied. Like I was a theater geek and like a performance artist and that sort of stuff. And then I just like liked guitar and had one, but really couldn't play it. Like, so that was 2013. <laughs> ah, nice. And so you've just, so you really just kind of got into it at that point and yeah. moved along. So how long have you been writing your own songs then? I started really writing in 2013 when I was living there. Um, I found somebody on Craigslist <laughs> before it was creepy. It was probably creepy then yeah. actually too, let's be real. Um, who was looking to to write with somebody and he was looking for a female vocalist. He he talked about um, a philosopher in his post. So, I, so me being like the geek that I am thought that was really interesting. And so I met him, um, his name is Pete Lutwich and he's this really interesting an accomplished musician. Um, he's about 10 years, he's about 10, 15 years older than me. And he had already been in a pretty well-known electronica group called Perfume Tree that were really famous sort of in the nineties in right. Vancouver, Victoria. They were mm -hmm. with um, Zulu Records. You probably know that independent record store. I know, yeah, I know the name. Yeah, so they used that. to be a label apparently. So he'd done all sorts of stuff. He's had a, more recently, he had been working on um music more in the realm of i don't need like minimalist music and pretty like techno stuff and he'd been synced on a bunch of stuff like doctor who and so it was pretty interesting Amazing. but yeah we just met and started writing together and it was it was just i had no idea what i was doing but we just kind of went for it. <laughs> that's awesome that's a really it seems like a really strong person to to be able to kind of take you under their wing so to speak and at least like foster the creativity um in a way that seem it would probably be a bit unique because of the electronica background but um yeah. 
I know I listened to um, one of your tunes on on YouTube, and it definitely seems like it's got the singer songwriter aspects, but also a little bit of that pop electronica vibe in the background. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah he um, Pete wrote "Gonna Love You" with me, actually. Mm-hmm. So he co-wrote that. Basically, when we would meet up, we would meet up at like rehearsal spaces that you rented. Like it wasn't yep. sketchy or weird. He was right. not like a, a weird creepo at all mm-hmm. he has like a lovely wife and kids and all this yeah. stuff i he feel like you have normal. to say that right well, for, for craigslist i feel like anybody in ontario craigslist is creepy but out west yeah. like when i moved to victoria in 2015 a lot of people used craigslist so i, f- exactly. I find out there like it, it was less creepy but here in ontario it's like <laughs> yeah, people are like don't do that you'll yeah. never come home in, we'll in never toronto it's like you just don't go on there just don't no. don't touch that yeah no exactly so when we met up um basically he was so old school he brought like an analog drum machine from like the eighties and he played electric guitar and he would just sort of, he was kind of a riff machine and he would, you know, come up with these really cool riffs and he'd sort of just move them all over the, all over the neck. And um, yeah, he, he had this way of playing that was really unique that when I sort of brought these songs to people afterwards to, to work on them, to work them up a bit. They were like, this is like really interesting way of like approaching guitar and stuff. So that that was cool. And basically I just improvised vocals on top and he was so open and experimental with his, with his, what he was doing that he was just cool with everything. So the first time we met, we wrote a song called Greyhound, which is written about this time I rode the Greyhound bus like from Vancouver to Peterborough and it Across was like Canada, yeah. harrowing <laughs> journey. So the chorus is like this greyhound will drive me fucking nuts and that's like the first <laughs> song we ever wrote together. That's amazing. What's that what are those greyhound stops? I know I drove um I drove and took my time. I took four days or whatever to, re- to reach Victoria. Yeah, my car, yeah. But I, I couldn't yeah. imagine being on a Greyhound for that amount of time. And the characters you probably like ran into while you were. Yeah, it was like 65 there. hours, I think, on the Greyhound bus. It was like 60. It was like yes. overnight multiple times. It was, it was, it was so sketchy. I was almost left in like rural Saskatchewan because I was running to grab and like buy a toothbrush at like a discount yeah. place. And somebody was like, hurry up the bus is leaving <laughs> like it was just so weird but i mean oh, i made it and man. uh yeah i it's it's a story and it's one that fueled a, a song that's not about heartbreak and you know love and right. so that's kind of interesting when you have things that happen like that so yeah he was a really cool guy and um i loved writing with him he's so generous and really got me started i mean I had come from making theater, so I had a creative background and, you know, worked with words and stuff. So it's, it's not like I was starting from having never written before anything. It was just a bit of a different, but definitely a different entry point into it for sure. So what, uh, like you in theater and that stuff, did you go to university or college for theater? Did you, how did you get your start there? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to York university and I studied, um, devised theater. So making theater in groups, basically writing, but not sort of like, like a playwright, like typing at home by yourself kind of thing, sort of getting together in a room and collaborating, which is intense. And, um, And then, uh, so I studied that in psychology, and then I did my teaching degree in artist and community education, so sort of that stuff. Um, And through that, I found a master's program. I got a scholarship to go and teach in the UK, and through that, just sort of serendipitously, I I found myself in Wales, in a city called Aberystwyth, um, which is the cultural capital. It's right on the seafront, and it's sort of the midway point of Wales, of Wales. And um, they had an amazing master's program that specialized in all these things I loved. And I went there and that was really like the backbone of my creative education. Like it was yeah. just so incredible and definitely opened me up to thinking just really broadly about art making in general. And I loved it so much that then I applied for the PhD. And let me tell you, the PhD was not like that MA. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, it wasn't the right fit for me, and it was uh, a little soul crushing. And so um, I stopped doing it. And I'm so glad I did, or else I would not be writing music and performing right. music. 
now was that phd also going to be in wales or was that uh, going to be in toronto that would have been smarter to do it in yeah. i was going to say i think that probably would have helped this <laughs> helped at least a little bit with, with yeah. what was going on it was on. not it was going to be it was at toronto in toronto at york university mm -hmm. um yeah they gave me a full full six-year ride so it was hard to say oh, wow. no to that yeah yeah, yeah. so sure. and That's i didn't want to leave my friends and my family again so there was Makes a bit sense. of a yeah, yeah a rub there but um it all works out the way it should right yeah well, we, we hope that's that's what we want <laughs> now whale whales uh what was like what's a one of your favorite like did you see a lot of music in, in wales when you were over there like mm -hmm. i'm sure the pub scene's probably pretty awesome as it would be in like ireland or scotland and stuff like that like is uh yeah tell me a bit about that yeah wales was uh, Aberystwyth was is, is like this like weird magical place it is literally at the end of the railroad and it takes you a really long time to get there. Like you can't just accidentally end up in Aberystwyth. So you have to cross over from Birmingham um, in England. And Birmingham, you know, is like pretty, pretty rough and tumble, a little sketch. And then there's this point where this the train divides in half, which I didn't know that that's a thing. It's a yeah. thing. And <laughs> so don't get on the wrong one. Like make sure. Yes, <laughs> don't get on the wrong one. And I kind of had that happen to me where I went to Aberystwyth and my bag went to the north. <laughs> so we weren't in the same spot yeah. and that was not so hot. Um, no. no, I was reunited with it eventually, but it was, it was a pretty big shocker, but being in, okay. So being in Aberystwyth, I mean, it rains every day for a certain amount of time, not the whole time. Um, but it, the Welsh are such a friendly people. Like they say the Canadians are friendly, but like, I feel like the Welsh people are just like way more friendly. They always want to hear, they hear in your voice that you are not from Wales. It does, they're like, oh, where are you from? How long have you been here? How do you like Wales? Like <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. And um, I arrived in Wales. So after I first got there and you know, the first time I accidentally sort of was there and I, I eventually got my bag. I found out about this master's program, came back to it a few months later, but I had to move in a month early because I was going to be in charge of a bunch of residences. So I moved to Wales in September, but my class didn't start until like the end of September. So I had again, well, this was before Vancouver in a new place with no yeah. friends and like didn't speak one of the languages. So I went and I bought myself my first guitar. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so I have this little, well, it's not little, I have a Fender acoustic guitar that I bought. It had the worst action ever when I got it. I didn't even know that was a didn't thing. Didn't know that, yeah. So long. <laughs> right. It was never reset up while I was there. So it was like probably four years later that I knew that it didn't have to be like a centimeter from the fretboard. Where... <laughs> Man, I, this is really hard to press down these strings. <laughs> really hard, yeah. yeah. This guitar thing is is real challenge. Yeah. Um, and so I, I lived there and I played my guitar before people got there and just sort of, I lived on the seafront. So I literally looked out and watched the Irish Sea sort of scream its way in and out, which was gorgeous. There's a huge, long like path at the seafront where people walk up and down it all day there's this old man who he's since passed but he literally all day would walk from one end of the seafront to the other end and at either end there's this railing and he would kick it and there's like a thing where you kick the rail as you walk mm -hmm. and he and you just watch him all day every day just going back and did. forth and he was a like a fixture there and on either end were just gorgeous, big sort of mountains, Welsh mountains. So like a really big, like a, like a blue mountain sized mountain, right. not like a, I don't know. Not a Rockies. Not, not a Rocky. But, but, yeah. but like, yeah, it's yeah, hilly terrain, mountainous region. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hilly terrain. So a lot of um, Welsh like walking, they mm -hmm. call it. Walking is extreme hiking. If they invite you for a walk, you better take like 
survival gear. <laughs> yeah, you're go- you're going through the the bush. You're you're, you're going out. like up these mountains, and they're fast, and they've got sticks, and like they're wearing their boots, and they have you know water for days. So lots of just interesting cultural stuff, and certainly being thrown into these different cultures where because even out like BC and Vancouver, there's a totally different culture yes. than Toronto, which is a totally different culture from the Kortha Lakes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's really good as an artist to kind of be a little bit unsettled because then it just makes you look at things more and 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 think about it more and compare it to things you you've known. And I feel like it brings up stories it's still that you still think about a lot and certainly when you leave a place um a piece of that's with you and i i do think it comes out in the art too in a a really interesting way so i'm really grateful for you know wales was just huge for me um the yukon was interesting um beautiful um i had really bad depression so we won't even talk about that Really bad with artistry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really bad. Glad we made it out alive, etc. Um, and then Vancouver, I just like I just fell hell over head over heels for Vancouver with the mountains and the ocean. And I made so many great friends just, just going and playing music music. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, and being um like over the top friendly to them where they couldn't just ignore me. <laughs> that usually works that's how you insert yourself in the friend groups right just be like right? you can't you can't ignore me now i'm just gonna be really nice to you guys yes and i'm just gonna be here and yeah. like oh it's me again and they're like oh god and then they then they you know become friends with you and it's all good but uh are you from city of Kortha lakes or are you from victoria so I was born and raised in Keene uh, on Rice Lake. So that's where I am now. Okay. Um, and uh, so I did all my early schooling in Peterborough. Um, I went to, I've always been a bit of a wanderer as well. I, I agree with you 100% uh, traveling and I love being uncomfortable. I love going to a new city and having to find my way and yeah. finding those open mics and find those musicians. And so I, I went to my first couple of years of university in Quebec, I went to Bishop's University, and then I nice. moved moved down to Guelph um, when I had my first record deal, or sorry, second record deal, and had to work out of Toronto, so I had all my credits transferred over to Guelph, and then I moved around Southern Ontario for a bit, um, and then I moved out to, to Victoria and, and spent a couple of years there, and uh, cool. yeah, it was, I loved it, it was, it's the most beautiful magical place where you have like the ocean and mountains all in the same you know you can look at one and look at the other and it's 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 really you fall in love with that west coast lifestyle and and how much more laid back it is and uh the only thing is is it's stupid expensive (laughs) so (laughs) so i was uh i had a pretty decent gig there but i didn't uh it wasn't amazing by any means i busked in Victoria on the side to try and make some extra money but yeah. I went to the open mics and I did all that stuff um cool. and uh and then at the end of the day I just got a really good job offer back in this area so that brought me back and yeah. I'm I'm happy it did because I've resurged my music career here and awesome. and and so it's um the the job that I came back for didn't work out but that was for the best also so <laughs> it's uh yeah it's all, all all of it's been really good and and uh yeah, I, I really do think there's a lot of merit to being able to get out there and just getting unco- being uncomfortable, like having to make your way in a new city and having to try and meet those friends and having to play, you know, bars or busking that you're not maybe comfortable with yourself or, you know, you don't know anybody there. But yes. there's there's so much to get, just putting yourself out there that that, uh, that can't be like taught. You just kind of have to learn that on your own i think especially as an artist yeah 100 100 percent. and i think um the humility that comes with being a nobody in in different places and having to like go in and who you are is like 
what you bring to them, you know, the songs you sing to them, your interactions with, you know, um, a group of people in a space. Do you remember when we used to play live, Ty? I do. Remember? I in, do. In places with people. <laughs> I'm still. I'm getting back to that now. I've had a few shows the last few weeks, and I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, this good is so job. nice. <laughs> yeah, and I think oh, I think we met each other playing a uh, feature at uh, uh, Coach and oh. Horses, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. The Coach and Horses. I was trying to remember. I feel like it was like an October, like a fall kind of show. Mm. I don't know if it was a Halloween show or some. Was it Rocktoberfest or something? That's, that's I think that is it? exactly what it is. Yeah, I think there was it was you, myself, and then there was a full band that played after yeah. us. I think maybe like Amy and Jeremy. And Caleb Jeremy? was was Caleb running? I can't he remember. booked it. Yeah, so. he booked it. Yeah, I was gonna say he booked me. So, yeah. so that would have been it. Nelson. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, Caleb Van Haltren. Yeah, so how yeah. you doing, man? <laughs> Hope you're all right. I uh, since then I was living in Omimi at that time, so it was super easy oh. for me to get there. But uh, oh. I moved. I, holy crap! It'd be two years ago now. I moved um, to uh, Keene, so that's uh, I just haven't been able to get out. Plus, we haven't played shows there or anywhere really in, in almost two years. So, man, I'm just happy to be back. I'm just happy yeah. to be back. Yeah, I know. I've scheduled a few shows for August, and I'm like better better dust off you know my these songs that i've been played in so long i've been yeah. playing a lot but i haven't been playing the kind of stuff that i'm gonna play at some of the shows you know what i mean oh i know it definitely took me like three or four good shows like three hour shows to to feel comfortable with my catalog again wow, uh, yeah. because i had been with covid um it's been it was great I, i've been writing a ton of music but i hadn't awesome. been practicing <laughs> any of the yeah, other stuff yeah, and yeah. so i walked into my first show and i was like i don't know if i know how to play half these songs anymore <laughs> but i messed my way through it and uh now i feel like i'm kind of getting back into form so that's awesome uh, yeah yeah but uh so what like got you i know you kind of got into music i mean you had the perfect background while you're in wales to try and start playing guitar and figure that stuff out but was it like a childhood dream or anything like that it was it something you thought about when you were a kid is it something like your your parents instilled in you or anything along those lines or was it just kind of like you fell into it when you were in, in wales and and now you're just like hey i love this this is what i this is what i'm doing i mean i always loved singing and performing that way like i was you know a musical theater loser for a long time you know like hey, I, I did i have a theater minor so it's a, it's a, right? i get it yay yeah, yeah. my people um yeah so i mean that would and and in grade school and high school that's kind of like what the opportunities are right? right so i was into that um but i'd always love singing and i i had never thought about guitar my mom had a guitar so my first guitar that i ever got to use was her she had a, like a 1960s gibson Amazing. guitar it was like a student guitar, but of course, given it, it's beautiful, it sounds amazing, but it's a little parlor guitar. It doesn't have a pickup. I don't play with it live. It's too small for my my voice. My voice is pretty loud, so I, that parlor is a bit too quiet. I can't hear it. Right. Um, but I I got to use that in my. It was my last year of high school, like the summer between the last year of high school and the first year of university theater school. Um, I had really started because I love singing so much and did so much of it. I had started learning how to play the piano, just self-taught, just chords so that I could accompany myself. And it had never dawned on me to play guitar. I don't I don't know why I have I have no idea why, <laughs> but I just love I love the piano and I still do still can't play it well. Um, but, you know, I had loved doing that so that I could just sing because I it just made me so happy. But while I, I was waitressing in Fenland Falls, and I have no idea how the conversation went, but basically it turns out that I was serving a family and the, and the man um, that was there um, was the Cranberries guitar player, like oh. in his, in their, in their touring band, not like the guy in the band, but like right. the session player. Yeah, they're, they're session guy. yeah. And he was like, oh, well, I'll just teach you how to play guitar. Do you want to do some guitar lessons? And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. So we would trade babysitting because he had like a nine-year-old who was really adorable for guitar lessons. And that's kind of 
how uh, the first, that's why I put my hands on a guitar was it just, the opportunity just kind of fell into my lap. And the, the touring guitarist from the Cranberries just decided to, to help you. Literally, yeah. which is kind of crazy too, because people always tell me I kind of sound like her. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know, that's kind of a weird thing. Um, yeah, so that's how I started was somebody basically offered to teach me guitar. And I was like, well, that sounds like a great idea. So I started. Um, we very quickly got into bar chords and the summer ended and I was like, I can't play a bar chord. Like, what are you thinking? So I sort of, I quit. I went to university and I didn't study music while I was there. Well, I, I took one class in music, but that was it. And it wasn't guitar, that's for sure. Um, so that's sort of how it, it happened. But that that was a long, that was an embarrassingly long time ago, Ty. That was like 2001. So 2001, and then didn't touch it really, just, you know, tinkered around on it until 2008, when I bought my own guitar, still just tinkered until 2013, when I started, you know, songwriting out West with Pete. And then I didn't start lessons myself until I tried to out there, but they were terrible. Um, and then I guess it was 2015 or 2014 in Ontario that I started lessons and have been doing them since. Have been doing since. So, yeah, That's of awesome. course. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, I think that a lot of players, yeah, maybe not a lot of players, but a lot of singers that, that play or accompany themselves. I know for myself, it was like, I got my first guitar when I was 10 and I strummed oh. the crap out of it. And like, you know, and then I took lessons for, so do you, you know, Bud Monahan's house of music. You remember that in Peterborough, it was like the big music store. Here, no. no uh so bud monahan himself uh was like a third cousin uh, and he taught okay. me how to play he taught me how oh. to play guitar awesome. um and he lived at my grandparents like trailer park so uh nice. he was the one that initially taught me but i was like yeah as soon as you got to bar chords i was like yeah i don't want to do this like i'm just no. gonna play these cowboy chords and yeah. then i put the guitar down like intermittently for probably three to four years and then when i was like 15 in my first band uh, okay well i'll pick this up again and yeah. then same thing like i was always singing but i wasn't always playing guitar and then i really didn't start teaching myself or or getting good at it until 18 19 20 when i was in university and it was like okay this thing's like saving my life because <laughs> i'm an angsty college kid so sure. um it's yeah i feel like the uh the fighting against the instrument when you're young and then getting back into it when you're older is, is definitely a pretty uh, relative common. theme for common yeah. theme for, for a lot of us, especially. Yeah. Singers. Well, I definitely like, I'm definitely a singer before I'm a play, like a guitar yeah. player, piano player, anything. Um, I'm so glad that I had people that pushed me and said like, no, you want to be self-sufficient so that you can play for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so glad, like, you know, I did have a, I had a, a backing band, a wonderful backing band in Toronto when I lived there. And, you know, I was like, I just, you know, like, can't I just sing and it'll be so much easier to <clears throat> perform and, you know, be so energetic and, you know, sort of interact with the audience. And remember, I'm pretty sure it was my, well, probably my bass player and my drummer were just like, no, I really like the idea of you playing guitar, especially yeah. because you're not a dude like yeah. <laughs> it's extra good that you play this that you play this thing yeah and i appreciate that and it was so it was such good advice and you know i'm glad that i've been pushed in the ways that i've been pushed because it's definitely not something that i never picked up the guitar and was like oh this is so natural it's like an extension of my arm i feel like it's always been like a bit of a battle you know yeah. like it's I find not a natural thing no and i find that there's there's a learning to play the guitar but you have that in your your mind that you're like i'm doing this to sing so not only do i have to learn how to play the guitar i have to learn how to sing and play the guitar at the same time which i don't think a lot yes. of people anybody that hasn't played an instrument doesn't know that like the coordination to do that is quite difficult to master especially like you know you get into finger picking and all that kind of stuff it's mm -hmm. so there's so many elements and so many things going on and uh that I know that for myself, like, 
I couldn't until I could. That was that's the best way I can kind of describe it is like I battled, 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 and then all of a sudden it everything just kind of clicked and I was like, oh, and then you just kind of yeah. get better and better from there. But exactly. it was a struggle for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like, do you remember that first guitar teacher? I don't even remember his name. I don't even remember his face. Like I, there's yeah. nothing about him I remember other than like the story. And I do remember he said like, make sure you're all like tr practice singing while you're playing guitar like right off the, the hop he was pretty adamant about that which was helpful but even today when i songwrite i'm not good at you know working on a riff or playing over something that i've written you know on guitar and improvising vocal on a new thing on guitar i'm still i still feel like really uncoordinated in that that's not something that i find simple I mean, thank God for, you know, recording equipment and being able to rough out ideas so easily now with technology. Yeah. Because I find that a big, that's a, a struggle for sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I find that a lot of writers have a different way that they go about it. I've been kind of lucky that I've gone about it a lot of different ways my earlier bands i was just a singer um and so i had them basically like okay guys uh they figured out the music i i kind of say what i want or didn't want if we need to you know have a break here for okay we need a verse into a chorus because I, I find that uh if you let <laughs> at least when i was younger in my like teen years and that stuff if you let the uh the the band members do their own thing you're never going to be able to sing because they're just going to do like some sort of like progressive <laughs> rock you know instrument instrumental and it's like no no no, guys you need to like bring it down so i can write a verse to this or like i gotta have a chorus hook like there's got to be something i can do here yeah. <laughs> and so you guys just like noodling <laughs> the whole time <laughs> but I, uh let's say i've ever i've never written with a band yeah it's uh yeah. it's an experience it's so much fun but uh there's i'm i'm much more aware now that the the easiest way or the, the kind of the best way to write for myself is like me and one other person or just myself putting down like i'll just start it with a four chord progression and then trying yeah. to find my way from there seeing how whatever i'm feeling i kind of sussate emotions in myself or with the other person and think of a theme if we can think of a theme then we can go from that and i kind of just write the story in my head and, and and move onwards but um yeah that's it's it's been a progression for sure of just writing to music you know recording them off an old-fashioned cell phone with the terrible recording hardware that we had in the late 2000s early yeah. you know 2010s and then trying to write over <laughs> that too because if you're in a band room like if you're trying to find pitches or, or notes or whatever like a melody and they're just screaming in the background with their with their instruments it's very hard to write over top of that but um, um I, can't, I can't imagine yes <laughs> yeah. i uh it's yeah i mean wrangling a band is hard at the best of times you know when i had one it was very clearly like my backing band these yeah. are our songs and i absolutely welcomed and embraced like input on how we were going to arrange it how it'd be played and all that all that great stuff but there was never a moment where they were like i think this line should be this you know there was right. never me coming to the studio writing it there with them i think that could have been interesting and you know i definitely have done some co-writing and co-writing can be great it can just really yield some unexpected stuff which i think is awesome and and co-writing i mean it's like anytime you sit down to write a song and you have no idea if what's going to sort of come out that day is going to be interesting or if it's going to be a hunk of garbage. Yeah. And it can be the same if you're writing with somebody or with Without. by yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you write one time and you get a good little thing with somebody and you write with them again and there's, you know, you might not get anything that second time. There's no sort of, I don't think for sure at least I haven't figured them out. No, there, there really isn't. I know with a lot of music, um, especially like country is, is what I predominantly record or, or I would consider myself a country musician now. Um, okay. There is a bit of a 
pattern that you want to try and use for it but at the same time you want to be as different as possible within being in the same kind of realm um but mm -hmm. uh it's i find that i had a, i had some severe writer's block for about five years from mm -hmm. 2015 till oh sorry 2014 to 2019 mm -hmm. and when i started flipping that mindset to um i get to create like i'm creating something from thin air like i'm literally making an inanimate object make noises and then i'm figuring out words and writing a story mm -hmm. as it's happening in real time and so even if i put out something that's or if, if something that's crap comes out then that's fine but i'm still learning from that i'm still gonna like as bob seeger said like he said in an interview one time he's like i write 10 dogs to one good song like he's like it's you're never gonna write all hits it's just you gotta keep going you, you, and you'll find through that i feel like you find your sound and you find what what makes you you as an artist and you i love really, that you can really branch out or really kind of get a grasp and it just keeps getting better and better and better as, as you go on from there yeah i love that i think it's so true and not to be so precious with what you write yeah you know a lot of people yeah just get they get too attached to things to a line to a melodic idea to the way a, a song should sound you know just in terms of like instrumentation or and i think that that can be something i understand it because, you know, if you come up with a line and you think it's really clever or really interesting or really says what you're trying to say, but it doesn't work, it doesn't move doesn't the song forward, it doesn't work. It sucks when you have to be like, you're out yeah. of here. Or use you it know? for the next one. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. Hold on to them for sure. Yeah. You can Frankenstein, you know, maybe you'll Absolutely. write one really awesome song. It's a Frankenstein of like six other songs that you've done. It's for sure. Yeah, for sure. You, you never know Absolutely. what you're going to come out with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you were, you've been writing a lot during COVID. Yeah. I kind of got back into writing, uh, during COVID. Um, I went through, uh, so after my last record, uh, that I, I was on a label in, in 2014, we released it. It didn't do well. And I kind of, uh, going back to the depression thing that you were talking about, <laughs> slipped into a pretty bad depression for a while there and just yeah. kind of went like I had reserved myself to the fact that I wasn't going to be a musician and mm -hmm. I was just going to play some music on the side and I was going to work. And that was that. And, um, and it really took me a while to get out of that. And, uh, and luckily enough, um, I had the producer that I'm working with now, Sean Moore, shout out to Sean. Um, he literally hounded me for a year and a half to write music with him. He like once a month, He's going, let's book a date, let's book a date, let's book a date, let's book a date. And I'm going, nah, nah, you know, it's all right, man. It's all right, man. And as soon as I said yes, and, and the day of, it took me everything to, like, not cancel. And we wrote a, a really great song. And I just was like, that was it again. I'm, I'm like, okay, no, I'm, I still have, I still have this left in me. Like, there, there's, it's not, I'm not done. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, so I, I started writing again and then that's led to some i've got new recordings coming out next year that's led to the podcast because i just i like there's such a, a community of musicians that pre-covid you know you thought you had to sit down with somebody to chat with them about anything and now it's like well zoom yeah. it might not be as good as sitting in a room with somebody but at the same time hey you're you I, i've been able to write yeah i was gonna say pretty comfortable i've been able to write and create and 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 do all this amazing you know put out some amazing music and 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 meet some new people yeah without leaving my home with a cut you know a few hundred dollars worth of equipment so yeah. it's um i don't know yeah covid was really negative for a lot of people um mm -hmm. but i think it was positive in the fact that it showed us that you know nothing is finite that things can get turned on their heads so easily like for me it was like start doing what you love like start yeah. really focusing on that and um yeah because you know you don't know your your job could be gone tomorrow right yeah yeah i mean if you're not gonna start 
when do you get when do you get to give yourself permission to be happy like yeah. when do you get to start to do that you know i think it takes i think it takes a lot of guts though to to come back after something as publicly painful as something you pour your heart and soul into like your record in 2014 not doing what it needed to do because of um because of the situation in which you found yourself which was with a label under the deal (laughs) at a really precarious time in music yeah like 2014 was you know it's been a very precarious time and labels and 360 deals and Mm -hmm. you know it's just I think it can, you know, you hear of people losing record contracts that are really great musicians. And then you hear of what the, how, where that goes later. And they, they're like, I'm so glad that, that you know, that I lost that, you know, that that right. went away. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, it's, it, I mean, it we was, write it was, music because we want people to enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. And hear and it, it. It was gutting um, yeah, at course. the time. But at the same, like I learned, it was a two-year part. I was with him. I was a partnership deal, um, and or a development deal. Sorry. And so I spent two years as a studio writer in Toronto, like with um, Vic Rec or Vic Park Records. Uh, Neverest was the other band that was on the label with me, which were a pretty decent pop act that had a couple of gold singles and that stuff. Um, and I loved my time with them. It just, in the end, didn't end up being the right fit for my style of music and what we ended up putting out was was kind of a um amalgamation of both of us conceding to what the other wanted so it didn't really fit in the lane anywhere i i'm still very proud of the music but it like when we went to radio with it they were like yeah this isn't gonna play radio it's not pop enough and then going you know out of contemporary they're like it's too pop for us and so it just ended up being this like in this middle ground that uh unfortunately there um that nobody really wanted to pick up and it had a few radio plays and spins and that stuff in some like college stations but other than that it was it, it didn't do well and then i was just kind of left there being like okay shit what now <laughs> like, what do i do and uh and so i had to it was a learning experience and I think a humbling experience that I needed at the time because I, I wasn't a very humble human at that point. You're, you know, I was in my early twenties and I had a record deal and Hey, in my mind, I was the shit, but right. it took yeah. learning that you, that you weren't and that everything can go away really quickly. <laughs> a couple that. times in my life to just be like, like now I, it's, I think it's just so much better to, to be humble and to be you know honest and 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 good and and grateful about all the things that are happening around you and especially in music you know it's i find that there's a lot of negativity between artists or there's a lot of tension and stuff like that and it's like i just don't that's not that's not me anymore it's not uh, i just want everybody to be you know that's kind of one of the reasons why i want to do this was like i love meeting new artists i love Mm-hmm. Um, getting to know their story and hearing where they came from and, and what made them them because I like it was so important to me and I find it I find it so interesting so yeah one thing I always find really interesting and I think with your story is you're in your early 20s trying to write interesting music right we're always mm-hmm. trying to be interesting yeah um but you're so young, like how much living had you done, right? And sort of going through these pretty extreme, pretty trying times with that probably opened you up to a whole lot of material that Mm -hmm. you would then be able to work with later. That if you had just been like, oh yeah, it worked out and whatever, what would you be, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just an interesting thing that you wouldn't have the same sort of depth to pull from. And I feel like for me anyway, as a, as a listener, I really appreciate that depth. And when I listen to, to, to younger artists sometimes or whatever, you know, it's something that you crave that's not quite there yet. And, and I think sometimes also if things just go really well in a certain field, um, sometimes you get locked into a place where you don't want to be. Like if that sound had become your sound yeah, and 
you know, you had to sort of stay within that, that playground for a really long time, you know, that could have been really frustrating as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent that I, I still, I was happy where, where it went, but it, it just, it was an overproduction from my standpoint to what we were kind of trying to accomplish. And so, you know, it, it was what it was, but I think that, and I say this to, I've said this to, to a lot of my friends that if I had have made, if that record had done well and mm -hmm. I would have made it quote unquote, um, mm -hmm. I probably would have pissed the money. Like I, I would have, I would have drank or partied the money away at, or whatever I had and ended up being, you know, a complete loser. So yeah. I, in hindsight now i'm very grateful that it didn't work out because i have that life experience and i have that like okay here's what not to do or when you have it like work hard because i wasn't you know we wrote a ton of songs but i wasn't putting in the work that i should have been i wasn't practicing every day i was like i've got it I've, i have i have I got this the deal. i got the deal i'm good the work stops now and now it's like no no, no. now this is where like that's where the work fucking begins <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. now you got to prove it now you, you you got there now you got to prove now you got to prove it i think it's really hard and really limiting to um to write and to produce stuff always thinking about a market and marketability mm -hmm. i know for for my record one of the that i'm working on i've released two singles um my escape sorry no my escape is the one that's going to be released august mm -hmm. 13th I've released uh, Gonna Love You and Science Experiment. Um, it's part of a full album. It's gonna be re fully released next April, but um, you know, these songs have been, I've been working on them for a long time, you know, worked on them with my band, took them as far as I could with my band. Then I was really looking for a producer to breathe new life into them because I couldn't hear them anymore right. the way with any sort of interest. I couldn't edit them in any way that was interesting. Um, I really wanted some somewhere to go that was different. But in the process of of working, and I worked with a, a fantastically talented and um, producer called Frank named Frank Greiner, um, he he really like he really did a bit of a genre blending kind of production in the work. Like it it sounds very different than than it did originally. Like all those you know, riffs that Pete based gonna love you on like was ripped mm -hmm. away. It's not there anymore. It doesn't right. exist anymore. And, and working on it with Frank, I knew like, hey, this doesn't cleanly fit into this category. It doesn't cleanly fit here. It doesn't cleanly fit here. And I think that that's it's for me, I love the fact that it, it has this sound that is challenging for people because they don't know what to call it and they don't know where to put it. But for me, I love that richness that it also brings because it is trying to be something different. But if it was with a label, there's no way I would have been able to, to go forward with, the, with those artistic choices. It, I just wouldn't have been able to because it wouldn't, you know, it's, it's not a, a the kind of a sound that fits neatly, you know, in a box, mm -hmm. in a box. Yeah. And I think that that's what's cool about it. And that's also what's like, oh, God, like, you know what I mean <laughs> about it? And that's kind of hard to, to be on the receiving end of a lot of the time. But I also feel like I'm not doing this to make work that sounds like other people, you know, I'm making the work that I like to listen to that I think is interesting and really moves forward like an artistic vision that we worked on Frank and I together. So I'm really proud of that, but I can, you know, hearing your story sort of relate it back to, yeah, when things don't sound the way that people expect them to, it can be, it's e it's way harder than if I had just done like a typical pop production. And there are plenty of producers that I interviewed that, that were going to take that, mm -hmm simple brush it off you know pretty electronic ba electronic drum sounds we'll do this pretty sparse instrumentation you know yeah. add some cold vocals to it which seem to be the trend right now and like we're good to go but it just like to what end you know yeah so what know. who were your biggest musical influences then like in in creating the music that you do like the the, the singer songwriter style 
Yeah, I that's so interesting because I feel like the influences that have that influence me as a writer are not necessarily what you would hear in the music. Right. Do you know what I mean? I get you. Yeah. Yeah, and so I my biggest musical influence for sure is as I've, so many people say, Miss Joni Mitchell. She's just like. I the funny thing is I was like, I I remember when I first heard you at Coach and Horses, I was like. This girl listens to Joni Mitchell, for sure. <laughs> of course, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Blue Album yeah. is, yeah. Who doesn't listen to Joni? No, for sure. Like, I remember the moment. I only started listening to her when I was 16, though. I wasn't raised on Joni Mitchell. Mm -hmm. I don't come from that. I was raised on, like, on musical theater and, yeah. like, Gordon Lightfoot and talk radio. My mom listened to talk radio. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, I I loved I remember hearing Help Me, um, Joni Mitchell from Court and Spark and just being like, what is this? Like, who is this? And it just sort of blew my mind. I also at that point was really in like a folk phase. So I listened to a lot of like Ani DeFranco. Even before that though, like Alanis Morissette when Jagged Little Pill came out. Like you're That's you're the younger thing than ever. Me. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was like I was like like mind-boggling, right? I remember, I remember the '90s. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you were young. I know. I know. I, I was. Would... I was well versed in music, though. Thankfully, I can thank yes, my dad for that. Yes. There you go. Um, so, yeah, those influences. I mean, those are sort of some of the biggest ones. More recently, I mean, like Florence and, Mich and the Machine. Like, I feel like her sound you could draw a, a big parallel to what's happening in my record. Right. Um, just in terms of like the, the like orchestral voicings that are there and that sort of like big blown out sound mm -hmm. that's there. Um, but I, I really gravitate to lyricists like, you know, like Leonard Cohen is amazing. Um, St. Vincent has been a huge influence for me. Yeah. She's, 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 she's really, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. And yeah. just the way she approaches the instrument and writes from it um, has been really inspiring. And then I was, you know, a lot of Sarah Harmer, I really loved back in the day. Um, there's just so many, they're just so many, yeah, you know, so many. <laughs> there's, we could just talk all day, but stuff like that, uh, like, of course, Natalie Merchant, people also say I sound like her. So I, I listened to her when I was little. So the Cranberries, I liked them. Right. Like lots of, I love '90s rock. Like, yeah. let's just be real. I'm a, I'm a huge fan too. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's, yeah. it's a big influence for myself, so I get it. But I feel like it's an age thing because Frank mm. Griner, my producer, he hates it, <laughs> and he would be like, you know, he's like a '70s kid. Like he was born in the '70s, so he's, so he likes he likes glam rock in a way that like I'm like I can't. This is like we're a little too far for me. Like it's, it's so interesting, but, you know, discovering, um, you know, like David Bowie and some amazing stuff there, but that wasn't stuff that I listened to growing up at all. So it's, it's just interesting, um, where things come from. I listen to a lot of country now because yeah. Shane, who I date listens to country. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of that stuff. <laughs> It's, I wouldn't say it's an influence though necessarily. <laughs> yeah, it's I feel like as you grow older and also like rural Ontario summers just really ingrained country music into you. So it's <laughs> uh and I know for myself there's such a resurgence now of like really good like Texas country as a lot of people call it um singer-songwriters coming out like you know Tyler mm -hmm. Childers and uh Michigan Rattlers like that are away from kind of that cookie cutter style or what you hear on the radio, but you get that really nice, like good country essence and storytelling from it. And that's, I know what I've been appreciating very much. I've always loved um, jazz music, like female jazz artists were like, I became really obsessed with that in high school. I sang in the jazz band in high school. So it was really into that. Um, and also um, like Hank Williams and, um, um, Patsy Klein, like always, yeah, Patsy Klein was a big one. So always love that. And oh my gosh, how could I forget Linda Ronstad? Oh, she, yes, my yeah. dad, like raised me on, on her a little bit. So like, I love her album, Cry Like a, Like a Rainstorm, Howl Like the Wind. It's like some, I think it's from like the nineties as well, but like, love that album. So 
just her voice is just like yeah. perfection she, she's amazing she's amazing <laughs> so what i asked so this is kind of like my ending question for for the podcaster has been trending that way hey. um what is the song that speaks to you most emotionally or what gets you emotionally so it doesn't have to be your favorite song but what is one that you can listen to and it's just either going to melt you it gets you excited it gives you the most visceral reaction yeah that's a a super hard question i'm sorry that's a that's a a, like a that's a hardcore question i feel like my first answer is so easy for me to to look at and that's like joni joni mitchell's a case of you is just like epic in that in that realm but there's also a song called Everest by um, by Ani DeFranco from like an album that wasn't popular back mm-hmm. from a long time ago called Up, 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 I think. And um, just some of the, the language in that was just, it just, it still just like blows me apart. Oh, also like Lover, You Should Have Come Over. Oh, by- uh, Jeff Buckley. Yeah. oh stop it rip my heart out that's I, my answer i love Je- yes i love Jeff that's my answer. the the live at shanae version of that oh. tune uh i remember when i was in, i brought that double box set the the albums and i was just like i listened to them nonstop. he's he's been a huge yeah influence for myself i love jeff he's, buckley so jeff, jeff buckley's incredible he's yeah absolutely incredible um yeah that song i think just rips my my heart out that's my rip your my heart out song yeah i have i, I have did get it. thinking about it yeah i uh, <laughs> i'm like oh shit where's my telecaster i need to like okay i'm fucking gonna cover that song right now <laughs> yes oh my god when we're done yeah that's yeah. So amazing well that's awesome so tell everybody where they can find you on your socials um, yeah so it's shannon roselle um facebook it's my name. So spelling of my last name, R-O-S-Z-E-L-L. I guess you're looking at some sort of device. So you can see that. You can find me on Instagram. I have a website, Shannon.Roselle. No, ShannonRoselle.com. I think that's it. Something Easy like enough. that. Yeah. I'm really the only Shannon Roselle you're going to find. So if you just put in my name, it's me. It'll pop up. It's going to pop up. Spotify, all the places where music is, I, I am. I'm trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Shannon. I really enjoyed talking with you today. It was really Hi, cool thank to kind you. of this get was... into your, uh, your, uh, your story and everything like that. And I, I, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. It was great. All right. Thanks. All right. That's it. That's the podcast. I appreciate you listening today. If you could please do me one more favor, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write me a review or subscribe to the podcast there. It is so much appreciated and it helps me out tremendously. You can also check out all of my socials at Ty Wilson music. That's Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Ty Wilson talks.